All right, dude, you want to talk? You want to do it? You want to get into it and start this thing? All right, dude, I want to talk. I want to get into it. I want to start this thing. All right, then. So it shall be. This is a little snack. It is Monday, August 9th, 2021. Uh, for those very curious about when we start, it is 8.22 p.m. Uh, I doubt my daughter Beatrice that is, is even asleep That is incorrect. Yet. It's 8.27 you are correct. I'm looking at an out of date, a, a slow digital clock. Apparently, they still make those. Uh, yeah, you're right. It is 8:27. Uh, forgive me. Um, how are you, Peter? Uh, I hope all is well. Well, healthy here. Um, Good. The Earth is burning, so we're cool with that. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. We're having a mild summer. Or I live. Um, yeah, same here. Uh, Georgia's having a unseasonably mild summer as well. And uh, based on the UN UN climate change report that came out today, that said that uh, that y'all done fucked up, uh, <laughs> and uh, you know all that all that cool stuff about you know <laughs> you know making the world not burn if we all do the right thing. Like nah, y'all, that's done with. Uh, we're we're locked in to some uh, fairly bad outcomes. Uh, so thanks everybody. Um, but it would appear that um, the reddest parts of the map, um, meaning the hottest me- parts. I, I what I take to mean the parts with the most the the temperature increases. Okay, instead of most are, conservative. Yeah, I, this is this is just what I'm guessing based on uh, some some maps that I saw in a glimpse because I don't I don't have time to look at anything in depth anymore. But it looks like the Arctic is in for it, which would explain if it's going to get super hot up there, as we've already seen in like Siberia and that sort of thing. It would explain why the Arctic is going to melt, the sea rises, the sea levels will rise, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but you know, to to what extent it's going to get super much hot, hotter here, I don't know. I did hear that they said that um, it did walk back some of their more dire outcomes mm-hmm. that they had laid out in a previous report. They said those oh, are not really? likely. Oh, that's, that's that's great. Yeah, I think that the, in the <laughs> previous report they had basically just pushed play on Waterworld. Yeah. And so they're they're like, okay, it's not going to be Waterworld. But um, no one's going to have any fun in this new world that we're going to have in about a decade, apparently, mm-hmm. um, which would sort of align with everything we're seeing in the news about, you know, uh, thousand year floods in Germany, thousand year floods in China. When you say thousand years, you're saying like once every thousand year flood. Right, right. Prior to this, um, you know, based on the, the histories, it's like we have a flood like this every thousand years. Let me, let me, before we go any further, yeah, sure. everybody's listening wants to know yeah. what's on Peter's mind. Of course. What's on Peter's mind, of course, is religion. Yes. So Noah's Ark, he builds an ark because God told him it's going to be a big flood, so he saves all the animals, right? Right. What about the fish? Oh, man, the fish are on their own. No, I mean, the, the, the fish are having a, a brilliant time. Uh, there's, I mean, uh, yeah, I guess he's not bringing those on board. Is that because, like, they're, they're these... He's he's uh, 
boating on them in uh, their waters. I, I, th- I think I think God was like, those are Satan's animals. I want nothing <laughs> to do with them. Let let the devil fish do as they will. These these are my animals, and they you put them on the ark. I, no, I don't know. That's that's a good question. You don't hear that talked about much. I think I, I guess I got to go down to Tennessee to that the ark experience and uh, start asking some questions. Take the tour. Yeah, yeah. We go oh, right sorry. to that tour. I know everybody was wondering, so I thought I'd break you up there. So no, that's an interesting thought. Um, no, it's not. <laughs> well, it's. You know, you always see like, oh, the unicorn and the dragon didn't make it on board or whatever. But what about the fish? I mean, the fish aren't worried at all. They're still animals. I mean, was there any line in the Bible that said, you know, two of everything must come aboard, except for the fish. They're good. They don't have anything to do with them. They're in the ocean. Like, there was, there should be some stipulation. There's so many fish. Um, but anyway, yeah, so, uh, yeah, the world's world's going to burn. And then we've got... Uh, we got Delta, the Delta variant of COVID-19, um, kind of just playing the greatest hits of uh, of 2020 right now. It's pretty good. It's kind of fun, all the brand names that are getting screwed because of this Corona and Delta. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they were like, they're, they were like well, we don't want to get, you know, we don't want people looking at uh, the country of India in a negative way, but... If if we go ahead and down the entire company that is Delta, that's that's fine. We'll do that because because yeah, there's there's big companies named after you know. <laughs> well, there, what is that? There's that Delta sign in the stadium meme. Have you seen that? No. Let me see. It's a it's a it's a, it's a Delta sign sign in the stadium about like like soon we'll what does it say? Uh, everybody, this is everybody's favorite thing. Hmm. If you didn't have this, people would would turn it off. They need this. Yeah. In podcast research. Ah, uh, maybe it was a fake meme. I don't know. It's, <laughs> a, it's like a stadium, and it says uh, something about you know soon we will be able to share our time together again. Delta. <laughs> <laughs> something like that. Delta Man, where is takes it? your breath away. Yeah, it's unfortunate. You know, Delta's got problems, but uh, I I tend to like them as an airline. They they usually treat me okay. Delta. Back in the in the before times when anyone ever flew. Are you doing anything differently for Delta? Uh, well, our county is masking up for indoors again. Yeah. Um, we are social distancing to give him the six feet again. Okay. Um, but we went to dinner tonight and went inside with masks, came out with the food and my kids and us, we ate outside without masks, but we were outside. Yeah. Yeah. Um, outside. Our, our numbers are still good. The, there are states, uh, first, so you have the first shot and the second shot and they have the numbers for that. <coughs> Excuse me. And of course the first shot was trailing off and the second shot was slowly trailing off. but still had more, but now the first shot is like up, three four times as many as the second shot oh okay, so okay. people are getting their first shot again that's really good yeah um and we're at 68 percent as a state or something like that, or almost 70 oh i bet your area is particularly high as well oh yeah yeah nice uh yeah and i hear that uh i read today that the biden administration is uh going to request uh, nay, demand the military get vaccinated by September 15th. 
the head of the sort of uh, national teachers union has uh, changed her mind and and now is in favor of a uh, mandatory vaccine for teachers. Mm-hmm. Um, so the teachers union, it would appear, may not be uh, uh, sort of barring the way for that, that, which would be very good. Um, and I think uh, if if by early next month the FDA approves it, then I think then you'll you'll start to see more companies feeling um, better about mandating it. But by that time, who knows what Delta is doing? There's some people who are hoping that it has a, a a marked decrease in cases and deaths, like in um, in the UK. Um, but only time will tell. It's just uh, it's just sort of an odd odd time, uh, you know. It's this time, August 9th in 2020, actually had fewer new ca- new cases per day than August 9th of this year. Mm-hmm. So, um, and deaths actually, um, as a percentage, are a bit higher right now. Really? Yeah, they're they're not sure why that is. It would and and I thought I, they're getting better at taking care of the patients. It would, yeah, that's that's the thing, right? You would think that they would, but I just I just read this interview with uh, uh, the guy who wrote The Uninhabitable Earth, uh, David Wallace Wells, and uh, he he's all about global warming, but he's also been following Delta. <laughs> he's so all about it. Yeah, he loves it. He's just he's a big fan. Jeez, big will not shut up about it. And uh, and yeah, he was interviewing this uh, the scientist uh, who I guess was also a doctor because he talked about some of his patients. But they sounded real scared. But I I couldn't I couldn't really dig down into the the interview to get the real nut of it out. Other than I think they think that there's there's something odd about the um, new cases versus hospitalizations and deaths, like in 2020. There was lots more new cases um, and much smaller number of deaths and hospitalizations. And now uh, there are a number of new cases and the number of deaths and hospitalizations are much larger as a, as a percentage, which would mean either that uh, it's either chewing through the unvaccinated, um, you know, super efficiently mm-hmm. um, or it's pushing past some of these vaccines or they okay. just don't know. I have numbers on that. Okay. I brought this. So they, uh, 163 million, 164 million Americans are fully vaccinated. That's good news. That's less than half. Yeah. Um, yeah, fully vaccinated. The, the first, the trip. percentage of that is 0.001% are having fatalities of right. the vaccinated. If you do the math, that means 1,640 people of the 164 million are have, have died. Mm-hmm. Now, of, of that, what are the other extenuating circumstances? Was it, was it within the two weeks that they got it? Was it like months later they got it? Were they already having other issues? Uh, were they obese? Were they uh, have, you know, other symptoms? Right. Um, was it the first time they had it? I don't know. We don't have all those facts and numbers, but that is amazing and way, way, way above the 93% efficacy of these things. 89%, 93, 94, even 95% mm-hmm. the numbers that's been thrown around. Like that's, that's unbelievable. 
Yeah, I mean, it's great for um, for staying out of the hospital and staying out of the morgue. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, but w- what I, I think one of the, the questions is, is, A, are we seriously undercounting cases because so many more people have or have had Delta but didn't know it because they were vaccinated and they were, they were asymptomatic? Right, asymptomatic. Which, w- which would explain this differential, differential between um, you know, deaths and cases. Um, and I don't remember the other thing I was going to say. So there, that's, that's the question. (laughs) Um, what what, what were you you saying just before I I started blabbing? I can't remember. You asked me how I was doing. Oh, no, no, no. (laughs) Like what were you saying just before? Not what I was saying just before. Uh, Uh, the numbers of the deaths. Of yeah. Oh, yeah. That's right. You were you were saying that that it's really it's really good. Oh, oh yeah. And and so breakthrough cases and mild cases of COVID, um, and the CDC essentially will characterize anything that that doesn't require hospitalization as mild. So if you are um, begging for death in your bed for three days, mild case, uh, and the question is, is like, how many people are, are having that? How many people are getting that kind of, of COVID even with vaccines? Um, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't know the answer to that. And I think, I think there's just so much they don't know about Delta. You know, there were also seeing uh, children's hospitals fill up in, in hotspots. Um, you know, what they're also saying, Emily Oster is someone I, I, I listened to pretty carefully. And she says that, you know, at the height of COVID in certain hotspots, you you also saw um, children's hospitals fill up with um, COVID cases for kids. And that's just, you know, just by dint of the numbers, if you infect enough people writ large, you know, the the small, small percentage of kids who are affected, the, those those actual numbers are going to add up. So um, it, it does not appear that Delta is that much more or kids are that much more susceptible to Delta than to alpha, I guess we're calling it. Um, so it's just, it's just so much to think about. There's so many different factors, so much swirling around. It feels so much more complicated than it did before. Um, and it's just really great and adding to just my super awesome, great mood that I've been in all day today, ever since I saw, that global warming report. And then mm. like, I think Friday was a terrible day for Delta Delta cases and they don't know if it's just, it's just amping up and up and up. So yeah, I need some good news, Peter. All right, let's talk about suicide squad. <laughs> let's kill ourselves. Well, yeah, I, I, well, I, I do want to see that. I haven't seen it. I haven't Are seen you- it. No, I haven't. Are, if you're capable of talking about it without spoilers, well, which well, I have we, never we, known yeah, you to do. I can totally do that. Totally <laughs> okay. Do. All right. Okay. The this is first of all to, to be specific. This is the Suicide Squad versus Suicide Squad, which was the right. first movie. Right. Now they are not the same film. <laughs> they okay, aren't so going to be next to each other at Errol's or the video box store or Blockbuster anymore. If you look at them all, they're like separated by distance because one's the and the other's Suicide. So th- this one is available on. HBO Max. HBO Max is directed by James Gunn, written and directed by James Gunn. The previous one was directed, written, directed by David Ayer, right? Did he write it? I I think he, if he didn't fully write it, I think he had a hand in it. 
Okay. Yeah, he was definitely uh, turning it. I know that. Um, we had a yeah. friend who worked on that movie That's and right. said there was a couple of cuts of that movie. Yeah. <clears throat> um, let's see. Um, what do you know about the Suicide Squad? I mean, I, mean, I know freaking everything except what happens in that movie. No, uh, um, I, I I know that uh, I know the cast. I, I I've tried to. Not the not the movie the 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 Suicide Squad the whole point of the Suicide Squad oh the oh you know, the, the, whole, the, the whole the intellectual property the whole thing um, so basically let me tell you, let me let me explain please do <laughs> don't get too turned on while I explain okay so the Suicide Squad is really about um, using characters that they don't have to using characters that are created by artists or writers that aren't really that important to the Batman Superman storylines or whatever, and then rehashing them because they don't have to spend a lot of money per issue to pay for the, the, the rights or the, what do you call it? The uh, kickbacks royalties, royalties, royalties. Yeah. Yeah. So they can already use them and they're a little bit established. So that's where it really came from, um, which is a great idea. Like, Hey, uh, let's, let's get in depth. The best part of that, the creative part of that, that came out of the business part of it is that they get to give backstory to these, characters which shouldn't have any backstory the polka dot man <laughs> yeah yeah um, yeah you know uh, i i don't know all of the dc uh suicide characters but the giving background to like these de list characters that right. uh, are not that interesting um and then giving them background and caring about them and making it forcing them to be the good guys while still being them villa- their their villainous selves is is very interesting to it's fun it's yeah. just, it's just, it's just fun. Yeah. And, um, that, so that's basically where it came from. The first time I really saw anything about them was a animated movie. Um, I think it, it was a Batman animated movie in which they started to have the a suicide squad gang come together and, and, and do the things that they do, um, uh, being forced by, oh gosh, what's her name? Amanda Waller. Yeah. Um, with uh, bombs in their heads or brains or necks or whatever, which will blow them up unless they do the bidding of the government, the, mm-hmm. the black ops of the government. So um, I, I find it interesting. And I was really excited when I heard they were doing the movie because I seen the animated one and that movie came out and was, you saw the first one, right? I did. Do you remember it at all? I remember it very well. I actually liked oh, it a really? lot. I did. Yeah, I was I, one of the few who really liked it. I rewatched it recently and yeah. I liked it more the second time. I didn't have any expectations. I didn't remember some of the scenes and the plot came through better, even though I don't think it's a great plot, whether it's Ayer's plot or executives right. taking his script and making, uh, it, uh, make the movie for morons plot move along. Um, yeah. <clears throat> I and then when they they said they would do another one, it's like, oh, okay, great. You know, it's the DC universe. They're not right. that great of movies. Right. Uh, they excited. And then James Gunn got fired from Disney's, uh, well, basically from Disney and Marvel. Right. Actually, he got fired from Disney, and Marvel found out when he found out. Uh, what's his name? Fahey, uh oh. found out when he, when he got fired. Yeah. And. He had the script turned in just recently for Galaxy Quest. Not Galaxy Quest. You call it Galaxy Quest, but Guardians <laughs> of the Galaxy 3. Yeah. Um, although I would love to see his Guardians. Although, okay, after seeing this movie, I'm not so sure I would love to see more gun. 
especially because I think he I, I I think he may have peaked with the second Guardians. Oh really? Well, he's got the third Guardians, you know. I think coming. He's gonna. Be it's coming. Yeah, they're they're filming it. I, it's yeah. it's hopefully hopefully I'm wrong. Um, but like the the what he's able to do is to make you care about these tertiary D-list characters that are, mm-hmm. you know, which is basically almost every space movie is a ragtag team of somebody working together and saving the universe. Right. And that's kind of what the Suicide Squad is, a ragtag team working together and saving something. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I don't know if um, I'm, no, I'm not as excited. After seeing the movie, I'm not as excited because I thought he could nail it. And it felt like this was him painting by numbers. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. And I was really surprised after all the reviews and everything. Yeah. Uh, we had one snacker who said he was disappointed with it. And I was like, you were disappointed with it. Then what's wrong with it? And then. Oh, I know. With it, it's just like, oh, <laughs> oh really? It's just, it's, yeah. it's not, it's kind of uh, ho hum, a little meh. Yeah. So I hope you enjoy it. And when you see it, it's just, I, I, um, I, I wasn't, I don't know. I, it wasn't what I expected. Yeah. Okay. I was disappointed. Yes, I was. I guess I was, but I wasn't disappointed. Like, oh, wait, this isn't all what I expected. Yeah. It just wasn't. Uh, I guess coming from Guardians, it wasn't like um, maybe it's the actors. Mm-hmm. It could be that like everything's written well and done so well, but I don't care about these actors. Yeah. Um, How is Margot Robbie? Everyone have said that this is a great. Not everyone. Um, no, it was like I a great she, Harley Quinn for her. Like she, like she, it was best version of Harley Quinn. I don't know because I never finished her Birds of Prey movie. Okay. Um, they keep doing Harlequin without doing Harlequin. She's never with the Joker. Like she was, she was with the Joker in the beginning of the last movie. Yeah, that's right. But it was very quick and like. It was yeah. It was kind it, of like flashback stuff. But yeah. but it, I mean, Joker was pretty central to her story in that first one. I mean, it was like they were together and then they were apart and then he was trying to get her back. So it was just like he was a big part of that, um, you know, for better or worse, with Jared Leto's version of him. Um, but with this Leto. one, there's no joke in the picture at all. Jared Leto. Why, why can't we call him Leto? Because you're all Dune, baby. <laughs> Jared Leto Atreides. Leto Atreides. He would love that, dude. He would. He, okay. he might be a quiz outsider, rock. Do you know where Harley Quinn came from? Yeah, she came from the Batman animated series. That's right, bro. That's right. I know some Batman. Wasn't from the comic books. She was no, from was. a fan of the comic books. Yep, yep. And then she grew from that. And right now in the comics, everyone has, uh, I don't know, shipped uh, she, Harley Quinn, and Poison Ivy together. And it's like so yeah, many that's people. The big... Yeah, they love that. I think it's in the comics that they're sort of like, you know, keen on each other. The, the TV, there's an animated show, Harley Quinn, on HBO that's, like, X-rated, basically. Yeah. And uh, they're a t- they're kind of a team in it. Okay. Uh, is it, like, kind of like a, a lesbian curious type team or just, like, you know, gal pals? They're gal pals, but they joke with the lesbian. They joke with everything. Okay. I mean, they were joking about Batman going down on Catwoman, and oh. then that got turned down. Do you remember that in the news? uh vaguely 
vaguely. They get, uh, all the powers that be keep trying to sexualize Batman. There was a <laughs> there there was a time, I guess it was a couple of years back now, where um, they had this new imprint at DC Comics called Black Label, and I think one of the first series to come out of that um, was like this, you know, beautifully painted comic by uh, Azarello, I think. And uh, one of the panels in it has Batman after just out of a shower in the Bat Cave. He's he's walking towards you know like the Bat computer or something like that, and you can oh, see yeah. like you can see part of his ween sort of mm-hmm. in silhouette. And, his Bat uh, ween. Yeah, his Bat ween. And um, and and purists were like, oh, this is terrible. Um, and and I think from future copies of that, DC decided to just like you know make everything in complete shadow not no 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 hints of of any ween and uh, they changed it but i keep they, i think they just keep trying to push the envelope thinking that's something that will make batman more appealing to the masses if he's if he's more a, a sexual dude but i don't know i think batman I, I, batman I don't know either is it, it yeah i think you get what you get you get what you get that's that's don't what it does fret. <laughs> Anyway, the uh, yeah. back to Suicide Squad. Yes. Um, it uh, it has all the beats there. The, all the points are there. All the the jokes are there. All right. The cinematography, like the cinematography. I was really excited about. I think I mentioned this to you that they got to use some new camera, red, red camera. Yeah. Which made that. the the rig lighter and more manageable. That could they could do a tons tons more with it and make it mm-hmm. feel more in the action. Yeah. And I was looking for that, and honestly, I guess I, I guess it was. I guess it was there, mm-hmm. like in flying in the action more than another camera. But they seem to do so much now with green screen and adding elements in and and layering that I didn't really notice that it was the in in camera. Okay. Um, except for the first shot of the movie. The first shot of the movie is amazing. Oh wow! That is, it's very engaging. It's very beautiful. It's very that that was like okay here we go this is james gunn yeah Start. yeah and then it uh it, it trails off like within the first reel it's kind of like you're like oh now are there any moments in there that you thought were reminiscent of uh sort of the more tear jerky moments that happen in the guardians of the galaxy movies like with uh you know uh you know i'm mary poppins that kind of thing uh, any any moment like that uh, that would say the first minute, the first couple minutes. Oh, yeah. Okay, that's it. That's what it starts off fantastic, and kind of eh, without spoiling it, just spoiling it. Speaking of spoiling, I have to tell this story. So we have Tesla story. Shift gears here. Oh man, um, shift gears. Okay. So our Tesla spoiler, which is held on by most spoilers with double-sided tape, it was slowly coming off my wife's my wife's Tesla. Wait, right your side. your 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 wife's Tesla. The spoiler on that was held on by double sided tape. Yes, all all spoilers are. They are they're screwed in. Yeah, this is a carbon fiber spoiler. Weighs nothing. Yeah, I would imagine they're screwed in, not taped. So this one is no, not screwed in, but taped. Double sided. Okay. okay, that doesn't um, doesn't seem super reliable or sturdy. But anyway, go ahead. So most spoilers you see are double sided tape. Double, really? Double sided tape. Yeah. Why would they do that? Because they're so lightweight, and that way it doesn't add weight by screwing them in, and it doesn't put holes in your car. Yeah. 
It's I something do. that could be there or not be there. Some people like it. Some people don't. Okay. All right. I, that's interesting. All right. So, so, the, so your spoiler was starting to come off. Her spoiler was starting to come off. Yeah. My spoiler is still on. Of course. <laughs> of course. You replace uh, that tape all the time. And so it, it took us a while, but the, the Tesla service, they come to your house with a little, with a ice vehicle, an internal combustion engine, little, yeah. little minivan kind of thing. This is Tesla. Oh, really? really? Can't get like a, I know. Can't you guys make cars? Yeah, exactly. That's so a they show up and they ordered a whole new spoiler, which is ridiculous. I, they could have just changed the tape on it. So they pulled it off, cleaned it off, got the new one and retaped it on and put it on. Right. Yeah. And it was good. And I was like, oh, this is nice. And so like a week late, a week or two later, I'm looking at it I'm like, you know, this there looks to be like a centimeter gap in there already. Is that one already coming off on the same side? Is it? <laughs> is this one of those like Tesla things where it's never really going to work right? The whole thing? It's right. not going to interfere with anything. It's just like one of those like the car's running great electronics and the motor and battery. Everything's fine. OK, good. this is just like a little like, huh, never had a problem with that with our other cars with spoilers. But anyway. <laughs> I was like, gosh, this, this spoiler just keeps coming off, and it's just, I, why? Do, how are we supposed to know? What if it just Daniel? How many of us gonna fly? And Daniel's like, well, if it only had some sort of like spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I laughed out loud. Yeah, it was hilarious. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. <laughs> I think <laughs> I Brian? think that that shit is hilarious. No, I, that's it's not bad. I I, I think that's. If 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 Tesla if uh, Elon Musk decided to put a, a spoiler alert in in the car on the dashboard, he it would become the the thing he's almost second most well known for after Tesla. Then it would be spoiler alert, and then it would be like SpaceX and the Boring Company and all that. It would it would go up very high. People are like, oh yeah, the spoiler alert guy. That's funny. It could it could be groundbreaking. No, you're not saving it, dude. <laughs> <laughs> That's, my wife made a great joke. You didn't laugh. No, I did. I did yeah. early on, and then. But then, anyway, so so where are we going with that spoilers? Without without telling any spoilers for. Uh, oh, guess, Suicide, Suicide Squad. Squad. Yeah, well, yeah, you, yeah. You were gonna, gonna say ask, something. You uh, you were gonna ask me something. I was gonna ask you something. I was gonna ask you. Um, it, after having seen the movie, does it make sense that John Cena and his Peacemaker character is going to get his own series? Are you like okay, yeah, that makes sense. Have they said what the series is? Is it like a prequel or a sequel or is it? Um, from that question, I get a sense that uh, he he may not fare very well in the movie. I don't know that. I, I don't know what they've said about that. Other than it's John Cena and he's in his little costume. Yeah. Um, I don't know. So John Cena, what did I see him first in? I think I saw him first in um, he was having sex with uh, what's her name? Amy Schumer. Amy Schumer movie. And, uh, um, what, what was that movie called? Uh, Trainwreck? No. Trainwreck. Is that yeah. what it's called? Okay. Yeah, Trainwreck. Yeah. Wow. See? Bear trap. Bear trap in effect. Yep. <laughs> uh, yeah, Trainwreck. Uh, so, and he was hilarious because he was he was big ass bodybuilder wrestler. Like, I guess he was like a bodybuilder in that movie. Yeah. And uh, he was just awkward during sex and during love and just forward. And yeah. he's like, wow, this guy's actually really funny. Yeah, totally playing against type. You know, he wasn't he obviously had no ego about, you know, I oh, know I got to be a good, tough guy. I got to be cool and all that. It was just like he was like a total dork in that movie. And because of that, he was funny. And it was like, mm -hmm. OK, this guy cares more about the laugh than about, you know, <clears throat> trying to get the next Billy Jack movie or something. And that was cool. That was cool to see. What's Billy Jack? 
that was like uh, an exploitation movie from back in the day. I think uh, I want to say a guy, Joe Bob something. Um, was <laughs> Billy the, Jack and Joe Bob <laughs> was the original guy. Um, and then they did a remake of it with The Rock and um, Johnny Knoxville. As oh, I, yeah. That, that was yeah, the Walking Tall is what it was called. And Walking I think, Tall. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so, yeah, yeah, John Cena wasn't looking to be aiming for that, where I think The Rock was much more um, uh, calculating, I guess, early on in his career about how he was going to make that transition from from wrestling to the big movies and i think that's probably probably because um he was so smart about it is probably why john cena has had uh an easier time of it i feel like he sort of you know uh cleared the path my my limited knowledge of of, since you brought up the rock for some reason the rock is like a path to follow now Mm. um John Cena was young when The Rock started getting big and he was working his way up and he looked up to The Rock. Mm. And when he finally started getting big enough and working with The Rock, he was um, uh, disappointed with him because he went off script. Oh. Did something or did something when he was doing and they kind of had a beef on and off stage. Um, oh, really? On cameras. They kind of had a beef. And I think they've um, put it away for now um, yeah. because they don't really interfere with each other. Right. So I know that John Cena used to look up to him, but then kind of wanted to do his own path now because he was disappointed of him. Mm-hmm. Now, if that's real or not, whatever, <clears throat> the wrestling, you can never tell. Right. Uh, but that's what I know of him. And then we saw him in Trainwreck. And then uh, uh, I saw him in um, uh, Transformers in the Bumblebee movie. Um, okay. He was a military guy. And then I've seen him in interviews. And then... Um, and then I saw him in this, and I don't, I don't know if he's really good at comedic timing, or mm-hmm. if he really just is kind of like a stupid dork. <laughs> I cannot tell. Right. And I don't know if that's genius, right. or if it's just like, ooh, this guy's just, yeah, he's just meathead, and he just works really hard and he gets forward. Um, he he has some funny lines. He he he's Gun writes him. He was written for Batista. Oh, okay. The part was written for Bautista. It's it was it was Bautista, you know that that straight humor, mm-hmm. same as um, Drax, uh, Drax the Destroyer. Yeah. That same dry humor, not knowing sarcasm or anything. Like, why are you running your finger across your neck? Yeah, <laughs> uh, right. Because we're gonna kill them. Why would that kill them? <laughs> uh, that right. d- that that would have maybe come through better. I don't know because Bautista, when you hear him talk. He's kind of out there, too, in terms of his politics or um, living life, or he thinks The Rock is a terrible actor. Like, oh, has he said, has he, he, like, congratulations, Rock, but you're a terrible actor, whereas mm-hmm. Bautista thinks he's a good actor. And I've seen um, a movie he did where, what the heck was it? I forget what it was called. Um, oh, he's with um, a comedian, um, and the comedian's a, an Uber driver. And he gets in the car with him, and then they go on like a buddy oh, yeah. quest. It's yeah, uh-huh. it's uh, the guy who's in the Eternals movie. He's a comedian. Got all ripped. Yeah, and I'm a little embarrassed. I can't remember his name, but we'll we'll leave that to all the people shouting his name at us right now. <laughs> um, Kanjani something Kanjani. 
Kamel Kamel Nanjani. Yes. Yes. Okay. Bear Trap. Yes. He uh Yeah, that's right. He was in that movie and I think it was was it called It was it was the guy's name. Um Oh. Bender? Bender? No. Something like that, right? But anyway, you were you were making a point about that movie. That movie was basically he was the star and he had, he had a daughter, a strange daughter. Oh, strange? yes. No, and a daughter. And it was basically kind of a dramatic action turn to it. Yeah. And I don't feel like he had any acting chops there. Um, and yeah. he was in Blade Runner. Um, and he just kind of had to be not too much to act in there, but he acted fine in that. Right. Um, I think he does a fantastic job in Guardians yeah. with staying with it. And his backstory of his family, like when he tells that story, it's really moving. Like, mm-hmm. and, and you wouldn't expect it. You wouldn't expect to get, uh, the feels for his character at all, right. but, uh, or any of also, they, all, they, they all do a good job. Yeah. Bautista was also the, um, basically the lead in that, uh, Zack Snyder, uh, Las Vegas oh, zombie right. movie that just came okay, out. Have you seen that? Yeah, I did see that. Shoot, we shoot? Okay. Real quick. Okay. Rock, paper, scissor. <laughs> Oh, what sucked. do we think of it? it sucked. Uh, no, I actually like that one. Um, What's thought, wrong with you? No, I know, I know. It's the wrong opinion. I know it. Um, but I was, I was looking for just some, some dumb zombie movie um, of the order of Dawn of the Dead, which was the one that Zack Snyder sort of got in everybody's, you know, yeah. head about. It was good. Yeah. Yeah, and I thought it was, it was on par with that. I really? Mean, I, yeah, I did. I thought, uh, you know, there were some certainly some holes uh, plot wise, um, <laughs> but um, and in your opinion, <laughs> <laughs> but I was always uh, it was just like interesting and I felt uh, I was engaged and, and interested to see what would happen next throughout. I thought it was an interesting turn in the sort of zombie um, sort of mythos to have these sort of like more sentient zombies, more thinking zombies. Um, I'm not sure I would have gone that route myself were I in his shoes, but I, I thought it was, it was interesting. And I thought it was also, a, you know, of, of carving out the city and carving out the space that, that some of these things were happening in. I thought that was all well laid out. Like you, you knew when zombie, a zombie horde is coming over the ridge and going to that hotel, you're like, Oh, that's where our heroes are. Uh Oh, you know, um, because he just uses the exact same shot because he's like, in this instance, it's more important that we're clear than than we're like Michael Bay and trying to just be like oh, style. Yeah, I was waiting thing. for you to bring up Bay. Remember Michael Bay, the behind the scenes footage for um, Asteroid movie? What's it called? Uh, Armageddon. Armageddon. Remember them sitting in the edit room? So Michael Bay made a movie called Armageddon to our listeners. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. Yeah. <clears throat> but. In the behind-the-scenes footage, there's them in the edit suite, Michael Bay and his editors, and they're trying to figure out. There, there's some scene where they're on the a Russian, uh, the Russian space station Mir. Was it called Mir? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um. So they they land on they, the the Bruce Willis and his crew land on Mir. They're supposed to get fuel or get something there and then leave. Yeah. Mir. While they're on Mir, something goes wrong, and yeah, then. Either. Peter Stormare goes wrong. Yes. <laughs> and then the whole thing is they got to get off and get onto this, the shuttle and keep going on. Right. Yeah. And 
the they're in there arguing about the audience isn't going to know where we are they're going to be like we have to get from point a to point b to point c in the scene how do we cut it and they're just arguing about how they're going to do it and making sure everybody knows where they are without showing them a map by like showing them this angle shows you know you're at this part of the mirror and this angle knows at this part so basically it's like they're trying to fix it in post so the audience knows where they're going versus just and who knows if it ever really worked out or not but that i think of that conversation so much in terms of like seeing like exactly what you're talking about michael baying it like right fixing it in post so the audience knows where they are yeah in a scene in an action scene yeah i i, I think that that a lot of guys who who've got a lot of style you know um you know good style and bad uh, can get carried away with that and and get clarity gets lost and i think that's it's pretty amateurish when that happens and i feel like michael bay is often in that in that category and you know love him or hate him or someone indifferent as i feel like i am um he's he i definitely feel like he's a clear storyteller and um yeah i thought it was i thought it was fine um i'm not expecting to watch i, I can't even remember the name of the movie so I, I'm not expecting to to watch it anytime soon or anything. But I but but all all that said, <laughs> I would say I thought I thought uh, Dave Bautista was uh, pretty good in that. Uh, again, not that he had a whole lot to do. There was no you know Meryl Streep crying scenes or anything like that. Or um, but for what he had to do and what what the role called for, I think I think he he did uh, did pretty well. So the the real story about that movie is the. Oh boy, another actor who was a comedian, uh, was supposed to be the helicopter pilot, got Me Too'd, uh, yeah. canceled yeah. during post-production for having conversations with underage girls or something. Right. Uh, uh, I don't remember his name, but he was on, he's he's like an up and coming, not up and coming. He's been he's been up and coming for a while. He's always on sitcoms or whatnot that they get canceled. Yeah. So finally, he literally got canceled, um, and they replaced him. Because they already shot the movie with him in it, uh, with Tig Notaro. Right. The best part of the whole freaking movie, Tig Notaro. <laughs> Do you agree with that? Uh, yeah, she was uh, surprisingly good. I, I felt like her whole, um, you know, star, Tig Notaro's star, had sort of was on the wane after it seemed like she was sort of making the news more for you know, being super woke and not necessarily for being funny. And I thought like, well, eventually, you know, this is going to wear thin with, you know, the people that put people in roles after a while. And, um, and then I think she kind of really, really brought it somehow in this sort of fakey uh, CG role that she ended up doing where, you know, she's supposed to pretend to have these interactions with people because as i understand it she she didn't really i, I don't know that she no, was they shot her completely on a stage yeah so i mean what they were able to do with that was pretty great and yeah she was very funny i thought so i i think i think um she's back she's back in the game again um, people will want to be um uh, putting her in other films i think yeah but i like i yeah i liked her was she the best thing about it yeah yeah sure yeah I'd say. Hold on, I lost you. Uh oh. You there? Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, my my Apple headphones failed. <laughs> oh, Apple! Damn you. So yeah, so you're talking about Tinatar Star. Um, yeah, I was saying that it was on the wane. I thought because. Um, 
Okay, Peter's throwing his headphones away. These headphones, no good. He is now reaching in. in my pocket and grab my my. Oh, AirPods. he's got his his uh his AirPods. Okay. AirPods don't fail me now. Yeah, I guess you have to click a button to make them work. He's probably working on clicking those buttons right now. He's looking very puzzled at the screen. I heard a loud click. Change in here. Audio. Changing the audio. I can hear him do it right now. Has it happened, Peter? Can you hear me? We're going to edit none of this out, gang. You were going to hear all of this. Can you hear me, Peter? No, I cannot. Oh, wait a second. How did he hear me? How did he say? Anyway. Um, In other news. No, I got nothing else. Mother. Yes, hold on. You there now? Yeah. Can you hear me? Lala? What the hell? Everything's going to AirPods Pro. Yeah, can you hear you? Now I can. Okay. Now your audio doesn't sound good, um, but... Now it does. But it's it's just what I'm hearing. I'm hearing whatever is coming through your ear, ear pods, AirPods. Do you hear me now? Better? Yeah, now, now I hear you better. All right, so... All right, so um, you wanted you wanted to go back to Tignataro? Tignataro. Okay. Um, yeah. So I was saying that uh, Tignataro, I, I felt like her star has been on the wane uh, for a while, just because I felt like she was making news um, just for being woke and sort of sensitive to kind of cultural issues, and not so much for being funny. Uh, but I feel like this movie kind of put her back into the public consciousness in a good way. So uh, I think we'll be we'll be seeing more of Tig. Um, and, and some movies to come, which I think is good. She's on the Star Trek show. Discovery. Is that right? Yeah, she's on that. How big a role does she have on that? It's a pretty small role. Okay. Uh, she's not one of the main cast, but she's like one of the main engineering people. Okay. Does she have kind of a similar kind of affect? Yeah, it's, like, it's Tig Notaro. You're okay. not going to change who she is. Right, right. Um, but I, I really started to get into her. I started watching her comedy specials, and then I watched one she did from... 2017 or 18 yeah it's after her um she had breast cancer and she had a mastectomy double mastectomy i believe it's called yeah and uh she does the whole show and like last 20 minutes or last 15 minutes she she like unbuttons her 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 top button and everybody goes woo and she's like no 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 no, i'm not gonna do it i'm not gonna do it and she does does another button they start to go crazy like woo just no yeah. stop you guys are crazy and now she's saying no i'm not gonna do it she just slowly unbuttons her whole shirt yeah and she's like no 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 i'm just kidding i'm not i'm not gonna do that and then she just takes off her shirt puts it on the the mic stand and she's completely nude for the next 15 minutes right i just with it with a totally double mastectomy and everyone is probably yeah. pretty quiet uh to begin with as they're trying to figure out what they're looking at right no they were cheering her on they're cheering her on they knew like, what had happened had she talked about cancer her cancer previous to that not too much in the show no okay okay and i had heard about this so i thought it was something she just did at like a comedy festival or something with that i had no idea it was her comedy special which i believe is on hbo max okay um 
Yeah, I remember that too. That was kind of what what made her name, um, and she kind of popped for a while after that. Um, uh, and and her, and her her she's just basically tells stories in her way, and it's very very funny. Yeah, uh, I kinda really like, I, I really like her humor. Yeah, kind of like uh, Ellen uh, DeGeneres used to be. Uh, she would just sort of tell stories in an odd way. She's diff- they're different enough. Yeah. Okay. That was pretty generalized saying you just said that brian i'm kind of you're not too woke there <laughs> two lesbians no i, I get it, it what you're not, saying it was not their lesbianism that i was i was comparing it's just their their their, their story i mean the, ellen is very well known for kind of being a storytelling kind of comedian where just like the it's peppered with jokes and is that is that how teg notaro does as well or not really no she it's sort of she she tells stories and she just takes the normal things Mm-hmm. Like for instance, one of our a good joke she has is like about ten minutes long is about the Kool Aid guy. Oh yeah, and she just takes it seriously. Like yeah, it, is you just waiting around the corner waiting for somebody to say it? Is he like <laughs> sitting there waiting? Does he yeah. shave? Like, uh, is he yeah. is he ever like wrong? Does he break through and he's like like and like just yeah. she just tells all the details about the Kool Aid man. Like right. what is he? And and delves into it and just it's, the idiosyncrasies yeah. of little details of our normal lives and it's and it's was it's she the pretty, one who raised the question whether the Kool Aid Man is the pitcher or is he the Kool Aid? Does she raise that question in there or is that somewhere else? Because that's a question that I now have. I don't I don't know what he is. No, she doesn't. She doesn't say that. I don't believe okay. that. Okay. But she, but so um, definitely check out her specials. I believe they're all on HBO. She did another special recently, which is a whole special, but they animated it. So they they filmed yeah, it I've heard and then they drew it, yeah. and it it works about half the time because I'd yeah. rather see her giving the stories, right? Um, and but then she starts to talk about like a spider, and so instead of you just imagining her talking about a spider, they actually have a spider do things on the screen and do right. these things around her character and. It was yeah. interesting to see a whole stand-up special like that. Yeah, but I, I'd rather watch a regular. I, I I wouldn't be like, oh, this is great. It didn't add anything. A yeah, little, a little bit, but not much. Yeah, artists are cheap. Who cares? Make make them animate stuff. Why not? Yeah. Um, but she made. Uh, what the hell is the movie? Is it dead? Is it is it another dead movie? Is there another dead movie she made? No, no, the the name of the movie we're talking about, the Vegas. Movie. Oh, right, Army of the Dead. Army of the Dead. Yeah, yeah. Oh, there right. you go, Mousetrap. Yeah. yeah, there you go. Very good. My Mousetrap? No, that's no, that's Beatrice. You, no. you are. I don't know what what kind of trap. Mousetrap was Sean Harwell. No, he was Baby Hands. Baby Hands. <laughs> I'm monolith. God, I forgot what I was. <laughs> well, you're. I mean, you're a monolith. You're monolith. But did you have a did you have a trap moniker as well? No, no, I don't think you did. Trap, yeah. Last trap. yeah. So yeah, check out Tignataro. So getting back to to, to to Baptista to John Cena to like blah blah blah. I don't know. I so your question was about John Cena being like uh, yeah, like after having seen suic- the Suicide Squad, does it seem correct? Or understandable or reasonable that John Cena has his own show. I don't know. Like I said, I can't tell if he's a genius or a complete idiot. Okay. Is it funny enough and entertaining enough? Yeah. Um, sometimes. Okay. Um, is his character interesting enough to do the thing? I don't think so. 
I, I don't. I'm sure if they get the right writers, they can do things with it. And then whoever the the partner is or the other character in the show is has to be interesting. Right. Um. But uh, they're. I think they're trying to do what Marvel's doing. You know, getting the little spinoffs on their own own channel. Um, right. Right. It, it's not going to hurt. <laughs> DC needs everything it can get. That's so true. Like, what were we talking about? DC is going to have an animated movie, animated TV show. They just finished Gotham. They have the new Batman movie coming out. Um, they have bat all the Batman in the new Flash movie, and there's going to be a Batman TV show like year one, Batman year one. So there is like four or five Batman things coming out through HBO Max and oh man, um, animated stuff. It's so much stuff, so much content. It's a fire hose. Yeah, so it's like I'm just like I don't want to drink from the fire hose anymore. Just like I want to sip from a nice Dixie cup somewhere in the corner. It's hard to do. Um, shall we move on to another topic? <laughs> Isn't that what we've been doing the whole time? Moving from topic to topic. Well, we've been. It's been very discursive. It's been very like you know. Tangent. C U R S I V E discursive. You got it. Very correct. Do you want to do? Do you want to do a, a word of the week? Get that out of the way since no one really no, likes I like it. To, I, I don't like to let you know when it's coming. Okay, that's fair. Uh, did, we haven't talked about the new Dune. Da, na, oh my goodness. Na, 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 na. <laughs> Thank you, Peter. This is uh, the segment called the Word of the Week, where uh, I say a fun vocabulary word. Uh, my companion of all in all things, my life partner, will then um, spell and define it, and then I will spell and define it. Um, now, this week's word is something I ran across in my reading uh, that I did not know. I have looked it up just prior to this podcast, and I think it's slightly unfair, this word. But uh, that's not going to stop me. I'm still going to use it as the word. Um, but are you ready for this unfair word I'm about to lay on you? Yes, go ahead. <laughs> Fine, resigned. He's resigned to his fate. The word of the week is... Yakal. What? Yakal. What? Yakal. It's my call? Uh, yes, it's, it's pronounced somewhat like that. Absolutely. Yakal. <laughs> Is that my saying? Y'all call or it's, your call? It's a, it's a, uh, I would say it's a Spanish word and it is, it is, it's like from Mexico, like from the Aztecs is where it derives we don't have many of these kind of words but I, I i ran across it in an english language uh a fantasy novel and i'm like i don't know what this is so now i'm gonna make everybody know what this word is for the what one or two minutes it'll stay in your head after <laughs> after i say it and then you and i will both forget it can you say it again slowly yeah call <laughs> Yeah, call Sunny. If I said it like a gringo, yeah, this might be helpful. I w- it would be Jacal. Yeah, with J. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh God. Well, J. Yes. Well, it could be like Jackal. It um, could. It could. Yeah, call J A. Mm-hmm. 
You're doing quite well already with your first two letters. J A C A L. Chakal. J A C A L. Yeah, yeah. Is that what you said? Yeah. Yeah, you got it right. That's right. Yeah. Yakal. Yakal. All right. All right. Now, what does it mean? (laughs) What could it mean? It means something from Aztec culture. Am I guessing in a way there? Like it's not like. Yeah, if you if you put yourself back to the time of the Aztecs, you're standing on a ziggurat, looking down at the village. You would be looking at somewhere in that landscape, a yakal. A <laughs> yakal. So there's no Latin root in this because it's all. Yeah, it's all well away from all of that stuff. Yeah. Uh, is it a. Is it a, a call? Is it a river or a lake? It, it means like a big. It means like a long river or, or, or a lake or a pond. That's a good, good call. Guess. That's a good guess. Yeah. No, that's not what it means at all. No. <laughs> <laughs> um. It is. Where to go? Oh no! Oh, I know what it is, but I have to make sure I'm going to read it verbatim. Okay. Oh, like Arnold Schwarzenegger saying, "It's your call." Arnold <laughs> Schwarzenegger. Yeah, it was not so good. I wasn't going to say anything, but um, okay. Uh, your call is. You spelled it right. Fifty fifty percent you get for that. It is a hut in Mexico and the southwestern U.S. with a thatched roof and walls made of upright poles or sticks covered and chinked with mud or clay. Uh, uh, it is from the Nuatl Zakali. It's a hut. Yeah, it's, it's a hut. It's, a, it's a, an adobe house. Adobe house. Yeah. Mexican-Spanish contraction of uh, Zamitl Kali, adobe house. This, I'm going to read you the sentence uh, where I first encountered it. If you oh, will. enjoy. Really? Yeah. Great. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a long one, so settle in. Uh, <sighs> the street ended against a precipice three or four chains high and perhaps had properly ended sooner. For the last few score paces I had walked had been on what was probably no more than a private path to the miserable yakal of mud and sticks before which I stood. There you have it. There you have it. <laughs> Were you like, what is a yakal when you read that? Uh, yeah, I was just like, I don't know this word. Uh, it seems like a, like a little crappy house, but why not say that? You know, I want to say like hut or whatever. He said yakal. What is that? Is it something he made up or is it something that has some some place? So, yeah, I had to look it up. I, I What I do is I'll um, – this is very fascinating, but I, I'll dog ear the page – in uh, as long as it's a paperback, uh, where I have encountered a an interesting vocabulary word that might be suitable for word of the week, and it's my go-to when I find out we're going to podcast. I'm like I'm ready, ready to do it. But anyway, Peter, that was the word of the week. Yaka 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 yaka. Ding. Um, yes, thank you for that. Um, 
And I really didn't know that was coming. I thought we were really going to move on to something else. So that was the true master of surprise. Um, master of disguise. Do we want to mention the new Dune trailer or uh, uh, or do we, we feel that might put our audience to sleep i i i feel deeply for our audience so i don't i think i think our audience uh would agree that it is a great trailer and that it shows everything there um i i wouldn't mind talking about it so okay um i are we're into it we're into dune this makes sense that we would talk about this this new and excellent october 19th or something yeah i think it might even be later than that but i wouldn't disagree with 19th maybe that's right it's it's coming up at long mm. last. Um, yeah, so there's a, there's a new trailer. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, don't, the Delta, man. If it if it interferes with my IMAX viewing of of Dune, I don't know what I'm going to do. Um, there was a, a, a first trailer that I, I liked, but it was sort of marred by some uh, poor music choices, I felt. Uh, this one uh, was was much less so that i think that there was some very passionate singing in a in a foreign language at the end of of this trailer that i thought was a little overdone but but um still didn't even like it no everything else i thought was great i i I think i think um denis villeneuve uh has has got this the story's number just based on these trailers i think he's He's like he's writing that he's threading the needle between something that's true to the book and his his reverence for the book. And also like, well, what does a modern blockbuster need? So he's got the jokes. He's got the the he's got the big stars. He's got the youngs in it. Zendaya and and Chalamet. And uh, and it's just uh, I think it's going to be it's going to be great. I think it's going to bring people in who don't know anything about Dune, they just want to see a big kind of epic action movie set big in space. Big dumb movie. <laughs> yeah, they're like, this is a big dumb movie. I want to go see this. And yeah. then they'll find out like, oh, well, maybe it's not as dumb as I thought. But it'll have stuff that's for the dumbs and some for the smarts, some for the young, some for the olds. It'll have something for everybody. Have something for the ladies. They love Jason and Momoa. He's in that. I'm well, sure. I think that's a problem, dude, that the dumbs are going to go to it and the smarts won't. Because they're not going to stay there. They, when educated, you'd stay away from death. You're talking about Delta. Yeah, I'm talking about Delta. Well, I don't think it's going to do well. Like what? Uh, suicide didn't do well this weekend. Twenty some million dollars. Right. Yeah. I know. I mean, and I don't. It doesn't look good for the second half of this movie. You're bumming me out, man. I, I'm sorry, dude. I. That's I, a bummer, dude. You're saying stuff like that. Look, I, look. The smarts. They're going to come out for it. They're going to come out. They're gonna, or at least they're gonna buy it on HBO Max for you know twenty bucks or something like that. No, it's gonna be included. It is, that is right. They don't do extra. They don't. They don't charge extra. It's didn't on, they charge extra for Justice? It's on there for like thirty days and then that's it. Didn't they? Didn't they charge extra for Justice League, the the Snyder cut, or that yeah. was also included? Included. Oh, okay. I think I just. I think I. I think I remember them charging more just because that was when I first signed up for HBO Max. So I felt like I was buying it. Um, so anyway, it looks good. I will risk death to go see it, um, in IMAX. Hopefully I'll be the only one in there. That would be great if I can, if I can do it just before they close everything down. Um, what did you think of the trailer? I thought it was, 
pretty good. We talked about it a little bit before, so I'll try to remember what I said. Yeah. Um, I liked that basically it is there's nothing new in it. Um, it looks it's just um newer, more production value, CG reality shot for shot of the first Dune that we saw. In fact, there's a trailer that has every shot with the original movie side by side mm-hmm. using the same, like if Gurney Halleck's in the shot, they put Gurney Halleck in the shot. And if there's a worm in the shot, they put a worm. And it's like, it's almost like, it's pretty amazing. It's like watching the same, same movie over and the trailer. You know what I'm talking about? Like they, like they have a side by side. Yeah. But, but I feel like they were just covering similar moments. It's like this moment happened in the original Dune and now it's happened here. But I, I feel like the sort of, the mirroring, like, you know, Gus Van Sant and, and Psycho, I, I I didn't feel it was... Is, no, it was, I don't it, think he's doing that. I'm just saying yeah. nothing. it's familiar. Not, nothing's, like, unfamiliar yeah. about it. Nothing's like, yeah, wow, this is a completely different take. Right. Um, this is like, oh, this is a more bigger budget, more controlled, yeah. uh, uh, more reverent of the material, maybe, yeah. than the first one. Um, well, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it'll be a... A six-hour movie, if all goes well, as opposed right. to you know a two and a half-hour movie that David Lynch got. Uh, we talked about the book opening with the Bene Gesserit, which, um, what's her name? Uh, yeah, uh, Mother Superior Helena Gaius Moheim. Helena Gaius Moheim. Um, she's coming to test Paul with the Gom Jabbar. That's the that's the opening paragraph. Yep. Yeah, that's opening scene. Yeah. And but the movie doesn't start that way. The TV show, I don't believe. The actually, the TV show kind of starts that way, I believe. Yeah. Um, um, and then this one is, I think, not going to start that way either. I think it's going to try to show us, um, Caladan, Paul's homeworld, the the water world. Yeah. Or like Ireland, basically, is what it is. Yeah, I think it starts with Duncan Idaho. It says it starts with Duncan Idaho landing on Arrakis. Oh, you, how do you know that? You read? The, yeah, there was, was the the script. The, I the guess script. it was the, the the final script or whatever. And um, I I managed to get a hold of that thanks to a friend of the show. Um, and I didn't read Denise. very much of it. <laughs> it was Denis. <laughs> um, and, and I didn't want to get very far into it just because I'm like, well, I, you know, already I'm not going to be surprised by anything I see in this movie. But if I actually read the script, I will be potentially bored in this movie so i didn't want to do that but i did read the first scene which was definitely different from um the book but i think it was uh denis uh trying to set the stage for additional movies beyond this to and i i hope and i don't know but i hope that he has this ambition to to do as much of the uh um the the frank herbert dune books as as he can and Duncan Idaho figures very large, uh, looms largely in those in those stories. So, if he wants to do some kind of um, you know bookends, it would make total sense to start with Duncan Idaho and then end everything with Duncan Idaho. Um, so that, that that was my thought as to why he might have done that, but it may have just been more uh, you know cinematic storytelling stuff. Uh, he's got you know he obviously has some excellent screenwriters working. Uh, to do this, I can't remember the names of them, but um, I know that they are well known as screenwriters. Not to uh, us. Well, I know. Well, I'm not done talking about it. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think there's way too much Zendaya in it. 
Yeah. Trailer. I don't know who they're trying to get for that. Um, what, do you, what do you think of Zendaya? I don't think much. Uh, yeah. I know that she's dropping out of other stuff because she thinks she's going to get better gigs now. Oh, really? Isn't she, is she a singer? I don't know. I don't. Maybe. I, I don't think so. I haven't heard of any like Zendaya tunes, but she does have she does have like one name. I know that's like the whitest thing I've ever said. Um, <laughs> but no, I, I don't. Yeah, she's a musician. She is. So yeah. what is she? What was how did she come onto the scene, as they say? She's 24. Um, Disney Channel. She was a Disney actress. American oh. actress, singer. She began her career as a child model and backup dancer before gaining prominence. The roles Rocky Blue and the Disney Channel Shake It Up. Okay. Uh, um, so she, she was a musician like, on there? I, I guess. Um, she was on Dancing with the Stars. Um, she was on Euphoria, an HBO, yeah, HBO like, show, yeah. drug, high school kids on drug show. Yeah. Um, the Greatest Showman with uh, Wolverine. Uh, yeah. She's Spider-Man's girlfriend in sure. two movies. In real life as well, apparently. Are they? Yeah. I think. So, so she was a musician on a Disney show. So I guess she's much less of a musician than she is a, an actress and model, I would imagine. But anyway, yeah. So I, I, I don't know who who they're bringing in with Zendaya either, but um, she seems very um, non-actory to me. Which I guess is probably in some in some form a good thing. Like she doesn't uh, she doesn't seem to have a kind of Hollywood affect or anything. But but I I'm always taken out of the movie whenever she shows up because I'm like oh she's um she's not really in this thing. I I don't know how it'll how it'll go with her in in this. But you know if Denis wants uh, her in it then then she's probably good and she's gonna bring some gold. So. Um. Do we know who the the princess Irulan is in this? Oh no, I don't think we do. Because she's like she was always like kind of like the hot fun one uh, in the movie and the TV show. You know, it might be interesting. Um, she she might not, and also the same for Aaliyah. Um, they may not show up until the second movie. Because I mean, uh, it's it's the way in David Lynch's Dune, it's a frame story where Irulan kind of you know she's the first face you see because she kind of gives that opening narration, and um, but uh, narratively she does not enter the picture until much later, as I recall. So um, she 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 may have a pretty ancillary role. You have to look it up, dude. Yeah. Do you, how you spell Dune? D O O N. Dune. Dune. The Scott. What if this dune, <laughs> this dune was Scottish? Dune. <laughs> Is the quiz out? Hidrak. <laughs> it totally sounds Scottish. A lot of stuff. <laughs> yeah, it kind of does. Well, actually, you know, so much of it is sort of steeped in, you know, Islamic culture, but they're they they did already even just from the trailers, we've seen them sort of scale that back. Instead of talking about jihad, which is what they talk about a lot in um, in in the book, they've they've changed that to uh, crusade. <clears throat> I guess it gets across the same thing, but well, what's the, what's the emperor? Um, oh, Shaddam the fourth. Yeah, he's not in this either, but oh, he okay. has to be because he's the one. 
Well, not necessarily. He's he's the guy behind the scenes, but again, he doesn't really show up until the in second one. In the TV one. show, he shows up at parties. Doesn't he? Show, the, or the princess does. In the uh, in the TV show. Yeah. Uh, it's been a while since I've seen that one. Yeah, I've seen I've seen I, the David Lynch movie. So Marie's. good. I want to see it again. Um, she's not. Yeah. There, there's nobody in the. Or as of well, now, since it's not really out yet. Well, that's kind of cool, actually, because it's like I, I kind of wondered uh, what other than the big climactic battle that sort of closes the book, would we have to look forward to in the second in the second movie, provided they get one. Um, and it sounds like they're going to have a bunch of characters that will show up. And that'll be pretty awesome. I guess they'll probably have um, uh, Harkonnen's eldest son show up. I wonder if he's. Do we know if he's in this one? Uh, Fade Rotha. Do we know if he's in the first one? Uh, I I didn't see his name yet. Okay, so they just have uh, Dave Bautista as the uh, the more brutal brother, the beast Raban. But I guess they're saving um, the uh, Fade Rotha, the the heir to the Harkonnen throne, uh, okay. for the second movie. So that should that that's interesting. I'd be interested to see who they end up casting for that. I'm trying to scan an article for it. Okay. Well, I can I can do that by typing F. M- oh yes, Fade Fade Rotha, played by Sting Jr. Oh, here it is. One thing we don't know is who will be playing Padishal Emperor Shaddam the Fourth, portrayed by Jose Ferrer in 1984, and Giancarlo Giannini in 2000. But that may be by design because um, there's two movies. Yeah, I think I think that is by design. But the princess becomes a main character, doesn't she? Mm, she becomes a bigger character in the later books, but yeah. uh, she's she's never very important. Like she's like interested in Paul. And Paul's into like they they kind of into each other a little bit. Um, at a party, at least in the she, TV show, she becomes a bigger thing. I think in uh, the second book, as as because um, she helps raise the kids, right? Yeah, like, and I think she, um, does he have kids with her? Or I think the, the two kids he has are with, with Zendaya. Yeah. So. Spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. Um, anyway, so it was a good trailer. And um, I kind of I kind of would like to be watching that um, as well. Um Oh, did I? I didn't tell you, but um, guess what show I finally finished the other night? Uh, Ted Lasso? No, I did catch up on that, though, so I'm, I'm up to speed on Ted Lasso. Uh, no, it was The Mandalorian. Oh, you finished The Mandalorian? I finished season two of The season Mandalorian. Season two. Yeah, so uh, for some reason, Peggy and I, you know, we we had to, they had to pause the show, I think, because Beatrice was shouting, and we had to go up and kind of comfort her, and we were just like, let's just go to bed or whatever. Um, and so we never got back to it. Mm-hmm. So we're like, okay, finally, we we have some time. Beatrice is spending the night at, at, at grandma and grandpa's. Let's watch the Mandalorian. Let's, let's get to the next, the final few episodes. I hear some stuff happens. So we go to the episode that we were on. There's not that much left in it, probably 15 minutes. Push play. And it's, it, it turns out it's the last episode of season two. So we were only 15 minutes away from finishing <laughs> the Mandalorian season two for like, three months, four months that, or something like that. That happens a lot with kids. It happened to my wife just now with the, she made it all the way through frozen too. And she doesn't know what happens at the end. Cause they, <laughs> they walk away. Uh, 
they just walk away. Yeah. But uh, yeah, anyway, I, I, what I'm surprised about, and I guess we shouldn't talk about it. We can talk about it in spoilers because um, I think most people have seen it. Or, and if they haven't, then they've heard about the big surprise who shows up at the end. Um, what I'm surprised about is that I didn't hear more about how bad the CG is for young Luke. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's sort of Carrie Fisher in Rogue One bad, but no one was talking about, at least where I was, the, 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 the Twitter channels I was following, no one was like, you know, he looks so weird or whatever. Maybe they're being nicer about spoilers than I'm being right now, but, um, yeah, I just thought I was, it was sort of very off-putting. I'm just like, why couldn't they, you know, like kind of do um, uh, the Irishman type of thing and just like like youngify current Mark Hamill? I mean, unless it would, he, you know, he just moves too differently that it wouldn't. It wouldn't. I don't know because I think they had him there on set. I think he he shot it and yeah. then they DH'd him. Or they put face, whatever, matching. In fact, Brian, you don't have to worry about this much more. They literally hired the nerd who did face, who did the deep fake uh, Luke stuff. Yeah. Um, that looks better than their stuff. They, Lucasfilm has hired him. Oh, really? On YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> so you're, you're in good hands. So let me, oh, let me if you want, I can, I can Google that story. Lucasfilm hires, Lucasfilm hires. Writer Brian Crane. <laughs> Lucasfilm confirmed the new hire. Industrial Light and Magic uh, is always on the lookout for talented artists and have, in fact, hired the artist that goes by the online persona Shamook. Uh, he he fixed the Luke Skywalker from their Mandalorian release and released oh, it, did? and it looked better than their work, so they hired him. Oh, nice. Okay, so I've, I've got to check that out. That must be the scene that I was looking for. Yeah. Uh, good, good. Um, but it was, it, you know, I don't understand Mandalorian. I continue to not understand it. Um, it seems like they ended the show. Yay. Good. Um, but no, of course not. There'll be a season three, uh, but there's well, like, no, and they also started another show. Right. Yeah. The Boba Fett. So the further adventures of the, the fat New Zealander, uh, from the Phantom Menace and the attack of the clones now has his own show. And I'm like, okay, cool, uh, good, for, good for that guy. I guess I'll watch that. No, I'm not going to watch that. Um, and what a like a, a ham-fisted entree into that show. Like, there's Bib Fortuna. Here comes some guys. Mm-hmm. He's dead. Oh, look who sits down. Oh my gosh, it's oh it's Boba Fett. Oh my god, it's so amazing. No, it is not amazing. It's totally unearned. I was just like rolling my eyes super hard during that scene, especially when they had the title credit, like, you know, look for look for more Boba Fett fun in the new Boba Fett show. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, can't wait for that. Wait, Hold what on, else Brian, is on? We're, we're losing our listeners. Some of them <laughs> have tattoos. <laughs> what, el- what else is on NBC Saturday morning lineup? I can't wait to find out. <laughs> does start to feel like that <laughs> it does uh, uh hopefully they do a, a good job with that show um and, I, and <laughs> you don't want them to do well no. no i do i do i want it to all be good content um and I, yeah i'm and i'm sorry david i know you really like mandalorian and and 
and I, I appreciate aspects of it as well. I, I think it's a well, it's a technically well done show. And I liked, I like Pedro Pascal when he takes his helmet off. Um, and like, this is the way, like there's some really great stuff in there, but it's just like, there's just something off about it. It's just very, you know, um, a team to me, it's like a team with a budget. And I don't mean a team and like, you know, that's the dynamic of the show, but just that it's, it's just kind of trashy movie of the week, kind of episodic stuff. That's just got a, a budget. And not even a great budget, just enough budget to make it look like it's got a budget. Um, just another show that tells you if you don't, if your parents are killed when you're young, you get to be a superhero. Yeah, I guess. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I I I am looking forward still to checking out the Obi Wan show. I think that that could <laughs> that sounds like a talk show. It does. It does. <laughs> Uh, late night with obi-wan i think is gonna yeah. be good um <laughs> uh i i mean i know that there's some sort of plot holes with that where it's like you know for i think darth vader is going to be in that i know that lucasfilm was like that's the that's it for darth vader after after rogue one you're not gonna see darth vader or we're not gonna keep stamping on on that pedal the the darth vader um but yeah i think he's coming back for that so he'll be there and it's and it's uh hayden christensen so I think that's that's kind of cool. I mean, they'll probably have him take his helmet off and be all burnt underneath, so he can shout at you and McGregor, and that'll be like that'll be some fun stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the Mandalorian didn't do it for me, and I, I'm I'm positive the heavy set New Zealander show is not going to do it for me either. <laughs> didn't he do it? Didn't he like do some Twitter stuff that was stupid? Who the the actor? Yeah. I don't know, probably, but I, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't see that. I mean, I just there were scenes in the Mandalorian where the the New Zealander guy, the Maori guy, like the little the little chest plate, it it looked like a bib because he was so big around it, like it hardly fit on his torso. A I'm bib like Fortuna. <laughs> I'm like, dude, just you know, go on a crash diet or something. This is the movies. This is the big time. Is you that know? where that damn name came from? Somebody's probably like eating tuna. He's <laughs> spilling it all over his shirt. <laughs> Can we get some bib for tuna over here? <laughs> and like, dude, Lucas is like, oh, bib for tuna. Bib for tuna. Yeah, he was writing that down. That's really good. Okay, finally, we have a title for this show mm-hmm. instead of me having to think about one all the time. Dude. <laughs> bib for tuna. Bib for tuna. Speaking of Dune, uh, have you watched any of Schmigadoon? I have not. How is that? It's exactly what you expected it to be. Um, oh, so so not good. Okay, yeah, not, it's good. not good. But I'm not a musical <laughs> theater guy, so like they'll take what they can get. Yeah. Um, the 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 singing and the dancing are top notch, and the it's got some good people in it. Y- yeah. Um, Alan Cummings in there. I saw. Is uh, yeah, Kristen Chenoweth is in it as well? Is that right? Yeah, or she's no? in it. Okay. Yeah. Um, it's 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 okay. I, it's not my thing, but it's okay. Um, okay. Yeah, I don't it, mean to be negative rain on this thing, you know, super negative or whatever. But we're just we're just pushing a lot of my buttons with this stuff. So there's like you said, like you said, there's a content explosion here, and uh, yeah. musicals should be allowed to get in there. Yeah. Um, not just like the episode, the musical episode that they have in a lot of sci-fi and. Right. When that shows, what are they trying to get that into now? A musical one. 
Oh dear. Some show they're trying to do a musical. Forget. Anyway. Um It's 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 okay. Uh it's it should be funnier than what it is. Yeah, um, I think there are a few things in it that are funny. Um yeah. uh I don't believe they're like it's about two characters who are supposed to be in love, but they're not sure now because they go on a retreat and they end up in Schmigadoon and now they're stuck in Schmigadoon. Mm-hmm. That's ba- that's like the first 10 minutes. And, oh, okay. Um, so then they have to like find true love. And is right. it with each other or with somebody else in Schmigadoon? And who are all these people and why are they all here? Yeah. And is it other people who are stuck? And, you know, a lot of questions pop up and I don't know. I just think it was like, what if we did a musical <laughs> versus like, here's what I really want to say. Right. With this show. Right. Um, Could it be a sequel to Get Out? Maybe they're in the sunken place, and they just call it Schmigadoon. What is the sunken place? Is that? Did you see Get Out? Yeah. It's the sunken place is the place where um, uh, Catherine Keener's character she hypnotizes you, and and you're like you're the essence and your soul sort of goes into the innermost crevices of your being, and 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 you can't get out. All you can do is sort of watch as some someone else takes over and walks around using your body and it's just like a sort of a living hell. Yeah. Okay. I don't remember that part of it, but yeah. Oh, that was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, that was cool. Uh, so Ted Lasso, are you, have you watched three episodes of that? Have there been three episodes already? I believe. Yeah. Three. Yeah. Yep. We're, we're all caught up on Ted Lasso. What do you think of that so far? Um, first episode had me worried. Mm-hmm. I wasn't laughing. And the second episode would have me going. And the third episode was definitely more of the heart, more of the funny. Yeah. Uh, I mean, not to spoil anything, but Led Tasso. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Led Tasso. A little, little obvious joke there. Is, is yeah. I felt like that was just all improv, which is great. <laughs> yeah, it probably was. Um, I, I think that the show has to start to rely on its secondary character, tertiary characters more. And it's trying to do that a little bit. Yeah. Um the third tier characters um and it's that's doing okay and for like uh the last episode um there's a thing about sponsorship yeah and one of the guys is um nigerian nigerian and the sponsorship is a airline company whose parent company spilled a bunch of oil in nigeria and they're not happy and so he doesn't realize it and anyway it's he he doesn't want to be a sponsor for them anymore and it's like i was like damn apple you're like dubai air like that's really screwed up that's not this is messed up the do- <laughs> totally space that dubai air is not real <laughs> i was like oh my god like this is gonna be in the news tomorrow like, <laughs> apple is just saying screw all you, these dubai terrible air. things about parent companies and i was like apple you're not you're not you're not like in the top 10 of bad but your name is because you're so big like you right. know Right. Exactly. Yeah. You don't want to be. You don't want to be like stirring up these water <laughs> dudes. Yeah. But yeah, it's a fake company, right? But <laughs> oh, I think so, right? Let me do by air. I thought it must be because there's no way they would allow their their name to be used in a show that where and such a negative thing, especially as as connected with. There was probably something like the real air, airline is called like Dubai Airlines or. Air Dubai Air is a fictional brand made up for Ted Lasso. However, if you swear you've seen its logo on a jersey for there's a good reason. Yeah. Um, 
maybe because Dubai Air feels very similar to real life airline Fly Dubai, or uh, perhaps because Dubai Air font on Ted Lasso is reminiscent of the one of US of the United Emirates. Ah, uh, okay. Airline. Yeah, that was very very clever design choice of them because yeah they 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 made it seem very real by by borrowing from other stuff yeah. that people had had seen, which was funny. Yeah. You know, I, I, I'm really enjoying it. I like the show. Um, I do feel like they've, um, they, I don't know, they've kind of, with uh, Roy, mm-hmm. who is Roy Kent, uh, I'm not sure I buy him hanging out with yoga ladies. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't buy I don't sure I buy that. And I'm not sure I buy, you know, the uh, the showy kid, I forget his name. The, the the he's like the phenom who's like a real jerk and he's on that sort of like you know uh-huh. uh, uh, island sex show or whatever and gets kicked off um like he's back and he's he's endearing himself again to this team he had so maligned and i'm just like well that's a little neat you know it's a little a little little well packaged for me mm-hmm. so i i feel like um you know they're not flailing obviously because it's 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 still you know a very good show but but some of the 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 beauty of that first season was discovering these characters and now we've all discovered them we don't we like them we don't want new ones um so now they have to kind of develop them and and it's like well we don't want them to be so one note how do we make them more dimensional and it's like well we just we just make them do things that they wouldn't otherwise do and and just help people enjoy it and mm-hmm. i'm not sure that's that's quite the right way i know that they made some moves to sort of set up that stuff a little bit you know like he's coaching a, a you know his uh, i guess his niece's soccer team so you know he's like oh well he's clearly a little bit softer um but just you know kind of suddenly have a big grin on his face sitting with a bunch of 50 and 60 year old ladies eating popcorn watching you know some trashy ladies tv like uh, yeah i mean it's fun and it's cute and it's like oh that's funny but is it is it something anything roy kent would do and it's like i don't think so but then they they do what he would do and he would go on a, a soccer tv show yeah yeah and, and talk and about soccer curse, yeah. and just be himself right and get away with it and yeah, it's hilarious that was, that was good that was very funny. Like he, he he's cool with that. <laughs> I like how um, he balled at his retirement video, and it's like, and and it's it's what gets his <laughs> girlfriend off. Right. I mean, I the way, I thought that was interesting because I think they really set it up for us to think that you know Keely had uh, had her old flame uh-huh. like upstairs with her, and and Roy Kent was going to find them together, and and you know Peggy was talking about this, and she was like, I feel like we owe Keely an apology because, you know, like we just thought her character was a disloyal, you know, minx. And, uh, no, she wasn't. She was, she was, uh, upstairs, uh, having a, a, a private moment with a, with a, a, a video of, of, of her actual boyfriend. And, uh, yeah, I, so I, it'd be interesting I wonder if that's even, you know, if, if the filmmakers are being fair to characters, I wonder if that that sort of setup was being fair to Keeley in a way, because really, I, I don't think Keeley had ever done anything that would make us suspect that. But they really set it up for us to think that that might be what was about to happen. Um, yeah, I don't know. 
I like I also like the scene where um, uh, she goes on a, a Keeley and Roy Kent go on a double date with uh, the boss lady and mm-hmm. her new beau. And uh, and she's like, well, what'd you think? And, you know, it's just like, yeah, he's fine. But, you know, you deserve better than fine. I thought that was a really nice, nice scene. And well played. So, yeah, I'm enjoying it. I um, I feel like I'm kind of like you right now where I, I don't like the weekly aspect of it. I just want to binge it and get it done. Yeah, it's annoying. Yeah. Um, that's how mo- that's how they keep you paying monthlies. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's 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 a uh, it's good business, but uh, yeah, that's touch annoying. Uh, um, but yeah, the, the uh, what's the other? There's another story uh, plot thing going on there. Oh, the uh, the psychologist. Yeah, but there's one more. Um, dang it. Yeah, yeah, there's the assistant coach who's who's getting very. Uh, he's like a dick. Yeah, he's turning into a dick. Uh, and you've got the uh, sort of like the the vice president kind of guy who is the butler in Downton Abbey. Um, he's having to find a desk. That's probably not the one you're looking for. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, I got to think about it. What the heck was okay. That? Uh, I don't remember. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I, I think maybe we covered it. That's fine. Yeah, we probably covered this one. Um. I did want to mention uh, briefly the mm-hmm. my my Lego typewriter. Yes, let's talk about Legos. Um, yes, so uh, you, I believe, were kind enough to uh, uh, what's the expression? Put a burr in Peggy's ear. I don't know what that expression is. Excuse me. Yeah, there, there's something. You know, you put something anyway. Uh, you let her know <laughs> that it was out there and she should get it for me, and she's like, okay. Well, sure before enough. that, let, let, that's not how it starts. There's, okay. there's two people I know that yeah. love typewriters, and okay. one of them is Tom Hanks, and yeah. the other is Brian Crane. Yes. Um, and the other day I said typewriter to my kids, and they're like, you mean keyboard? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, my God, I got to show these kids a typewriter. Oh, yeah, they do. Um, to see and then uh, in my feed, Facebook feed, I get Lego updates, and they always tell me what's coming out, and one thing that's coming out, they made an actual typewriter. Yeah. No, no, not actual typewriter. And a, a, a what would you call it? A, a, a yeah, a, a a faux typewriter. A faux typewriter that has like a functioning stuff, but you can't really type every letter. Right. Um, and it and it has a shuttle that goes back and forth. Right. Everything, and you can roll. Can you roll real paper in it? Yes. You can. Yes, wow. yes you can. Um, anyway, that that was coming out. I was like, you know who'd love this is Brian. It's like I don't. I was like, I didn't send it to you. I sent it to your wife. It's like, hey, get this for him. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or or I will. <laughs> yeah, and she and she got it for me. Uh, mm-hmm. So so thank you to both of you. Um, and I mean it's my. I know we have some serious Lego folks who listen. Um, and this was like my first big Lego set. We've been getting little small Lego sets for Beatrice that are pretty easy to put together. So this was like the first real deal one, and it was a lot of fun. It's like uh, mm-hmm. you know it came in like twelve or thirteen bags. You you know you sit and you do a a bag or two um, and you just watch it sort of develop and you just sort of marvel at the engineering that goes into these things. And you're like, Holy cow. Like they're just, they think of everything and, and the instructions are so well laid out with like three or four exceptions um, (laughs) that uh, you know, there's, there's no ambiguity as to like, you know, well, how you do this, you know, it's like you put this here, put this here and there's no words. It's all pictures. So it's like a, it's like a, essentially a thick Sears catalog 
style instruction manual, but then you just f slowly flip through it. So yeah, sure enough, um, I ended up with this typewriter that is basically um, roughly the same size as a real typewriter. It, it doesn't do any typing at all. Um, what it does is you can push um, any of the keys and it will cause the, um, I don't know, sort of the imprinting letter or lever to to snap upwards and make the sound. And, Does it make um, a sound? Yeah. Wow. And and the carriage, uh, you said like shuttles back and forth, it, it, with each snap of the key will 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 progress, you know, one one character over with each each time you you snap a letter. Um, I think the way I, I I I've got it built, you know, I think you could probably do it ten times before it would just sort of stop doing it and then you kinda have to put it back. What do you mean the way you have it built? Well, that's the thing, right? Because it's like, um, am I a hundred percent that I built it exactly right? <laughs> Is it like wrong? No, oh, no. I, it, it, here's the thing. I, I, um, I put it together and the carriage wouldn't work at all. And I'm like, no, <laughs> the carriage is supposed to work. So I had to spend like half an afternoon, like taking apart what I had done <laughs> to like compare the pieces and, and with what the, uh, the instructions were saying. And I'm just like, man, I can't figure this out. And, and Peggy comes over and says, oh, it's that. I'm like, oh, yeah, okay. So then I switch it around and then put everything back together, and then it worked. So um, I can't, having gone through it as many times as I did, and being as what I thought was pretty careful, I don't see where I could have um, built it differently, where you would have some function, but not like full function, right? Um, I think when you set the, the way you set the carriage onto the, the typewriter, uh -huh. it's a little, it's not like a click. It's, what's that? It sits on it. It just lays on it. No, it's like, it's, there's like a prong and you, and, and then you, you, you there's a hole on the carriage and you, you put it down and it's just like, you know, if you touch it, it kind of wobbles, mm -hmm. but that's as much as it goes on there. And, and looking at the instructions, it's like, well, that's how it's supposed to go. And I think it is because that's that's how you you get that free movement without very much sort of kinetic energy going to power it or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, but so yeah, so the carriage moves and you can push it push it back and it'll do that you know that kind of typewriter sound. And of course you can um, you know you can spin paper into the uh, the holder there. Um, mm -hmm. And the, what it what it comes with is another booklet of different letters from the CEO of Lego or Lego as they call it in Denmark. And you just pick the one that's for your language, thread it in. And I have it displaying in my, um, in my office with my other typewriters and just looking at it, you can't really tell which one's Lego, which one is, is, is real. So, um, it's pretty cool. And, um, yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun to build. I'm, I'm not sure what my next one will be, but I'm pretty sure there'll be a, another one that I'll do cool yeah yeah so a uh, great idea i'm i'm uh i'm happy with it i guess i you know the the, the other thing i liked was the i saw an nes uh, have you seen that one yeah i was like that's kind that. of it's cool. a, a complete replica of nes with super mario cartridge and the controller and the tv screen yeah where yeah. he actually with duck hunt i think on the, yeah no it's, it's mario is it mario i wonder oh. what, i wonder what i 
Uh, maybe it's multiple games. I don't. It's I haven't possible. paid that much attention. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I think you're right. I think it was Mario. But um, yeah, it was cool. Yeah, yeah it's really cool. I did the. Um, as you know, I recently uh, for Father's Day I was given, gifted the uh, the Batmobile from the 1989 Batman movie, which is the birth of a little snack. Yes. Um, and I put that together over like a week week or two. And that was fantastic. Uh, very difficult because it's mostly black. Oh yeah. Um, Dark Knight and all. Yeah. And um, but some of the things were really smart. How they made it look as close to possible as like from a glance, you'd be like, oh snap! That you know exactly what it is. Like as yeah. soon as you look at it. Yeah. And they nailed some parts, especially the the wings and back and the jets and the tires, oh, and yeah. the way that the uh, the um, the what do they call it? The cockpit slides open. Yeah. And how it goes up a little bit and then slides versus just does, sliding. Does it, does it do it, that? Yeah, it pops up and goes. It's, oh, that's cool. Yeah, they they nailed all the little details about it that I was pretty impressed with. So that's cool. Um, yeah, I had a lot of fun with that, but now it's just sitting on my dining room table. <laughs> I know that's the thing. Like, uh, I mean, I'm I'm lucky in that I have a like an obvious display point for that. But you know, for a lot of these other really cool sets, it's like, well, all right, now what do I do? Um, because I, you know, I think you had mentioned like, you know, are you going to use super glue or whatever as you put it together and craggle? Is that what it's called? Yeah, crazy glue. Um, uh, I I don't, I don't know the terminology. I don't know the terminology. Um, but uh, I mean, I've already, I've already like, I picked it up to show it to my brother the other day and And you dropped it. No, I didn't drop it. I didn't drop it, but I was, I was playing with the little lever that that's, that's on there to turn it from the uh the white out ribbon to the red ribbon to the black ribbon and it has like and it just like it like fell through into the into the to the unit <laughs> i'm just like well i can't how am i supposed to get that so um it's like it, it would be good if there was like some kind of sealant i could just spray over the whole thing to keep it you know always looking like that and never falling apart because i mean i, I mean i i can't foresee myself ever seeing any reason to uh take it apart and putting it back in its box or anything like that so mm-hmm. it'll just it'll just always be put together or should so um what do you think you'll do with the batmobile nothing brian stop <laughs> asking me questions about the batmobile <laughs> i mean you just you can just roll it right into a box and uh you know my address so you could just uh, really do it do me a solid on that one if you wanted to I could. No, I, I don't know what I would do with it either. I I would like try and hang it or something, suspend it. But I think from afar it would just look like kind of a big black shape. Like what is that? Oh, it's the Batmobile. It absorbs light. It's it's pretty. It's it's pretty. It's about two feet long. Yeah. And it's pretty yes. heavy and yeah, it rolls cool. really well. Um, yeah. It's it's nice. That's cool. Yeah, I'll have to see that sometime. Yeah, you'll have to keep it on your dining room table until I can visit following Delta so I can take a look at it. No big deal. Okay. <laughs> cool. Um, what else you got? You got anything else to to lull our listeners to gentle, gentle sleep? Um, listening to something. 
Uh, no, I don't think so. I, I was thinking of yeah, something coming up with music. Um, I'm trying to find uh, my summer jam. And my kids and wife are listening to something called uh, Perry Grip. You heard of Perry Grip? Uh, I want to say yes, but I can't. I can't put anything to it. But that sounds familiar to me. What is that? He was the lead singer of um, lead singer guitarist of um, uh, what is it called? They're the Star Wars band. Oh, um, they they did the leads. They did the the title song to Buffy the Vampire Slayer. No, I don't know them actually. Then. Uh, well, anyway, he's the lead. He, he's anyways. He bought himself a computer and he does songs really quick. And he does like a bunch of kids songs, like um, "Shopping Penguin," "Shopping Penguin." Oh no, I haven't heard that one. What does he? Perry Grip. I'm sure I've heard some of his songs because we listen to ch- uh, children's radio um, a whole lot. I, I I'd never really heard of him, but it's totally kids songs that are complete nonsensical. Mm-hmm. Um and that's like been my wife's summer jam um all of his songs oh is that an invo- involuntary summer jam or is she actually yeah it's, it's well they're very catchy oh okay and they're only like only a minute or two minutes long really short yeah and our kids love them it's something we can all put in the car while we're driving so oh, that's cool that's cool it's not but it, it's, it's <laughs> yeah it's really not it's like oh these kids are gonna listen to crap <clears throat> yeah no, but that's all I got, man. Maybe this is maybe. Wow, are we actually gonna have a short one? I don't know how long we've been doing this. It's like eight twenty or so when we about started. eleven years. That's about. <laughs> I know, I know. Well, actually, I think we're only like ten minutes shy of two hours. So yeah, so not too short. Mm-hmm. We've tickled their their uh, their cockles. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, you say so, buddy. Their their cock cochleus, their cochleus. Yeah. We've done that. Gross. <laughs> uh, I will probably remember immediately after this all the things that I had wanted to mention on this podcast, but instead, me I, too. I there's I've I, seen a ton of shows, but I don't know. I'm not ready to like talk about them because I haven't finished thinking about them. Right. Uh, I will. I will have a what? Did we, what do we call that thing? Recommendation. Oh, uh, rec room. Rec room. Right, yeah. Let's do a rec room. You want to do a rec room? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Rec room. Yeah, rec room, my favorite room in this house. Awesome. Um, my rec room right now would be for all you horror zombie loving fans to watch Army of the Dead. Psych. Uh, I go to Netflix and watch um, Black Summer. It is a zombie show that is done by, I believe, uh, Z Nation crew. Uh, basically, I guess the same. I don't know who these people are. Anyway, they they took some sort of novel, zombie novel, and they made a TV show in which you are. It's almost it's almost like one of those first person uh, video game movie type of things, but it's not. It's not like you're the camera's a character, but you're right next to the characters and you feel like you're there with them more so than any movie um, zombie movie I felt in a long time. And they made it came out like two three years ago and. It's when the, the the virus first happens and zombies are running everywhere and chasing people. And you follow a few characters through the whole first season. And the second season just came out a month or two ago. And it's all in winter. Instead of Black oh. Summer, it's like Black oh. Winter. Okay. But it's still called Black Summer. And it was still very good. It's so weird to not like know much about your main characters and you're following them. 
and it's it's thrilling enough to watch it to see if they live because of the way it's photographed and the sound mm-hmm. like you forget you, you're just there um and they set up these situations all the time which are kind of uh, it's it like okay here's they'll give first of all they give you chapters and title cards which brian loves Yes, I love it. And the and then every time there's a chapter and title card, you try to figure out how why it means that chapter or title card. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, in the second season, they do do they play with they do do they play with time, <laughs> which I'm kind of tired of. Like they'll show you like here we are um, five episodes in. If you do if you do a whole how do I explain this? If it's like they the first thing you see you think is the beginning but then the next chapter is like five minutes earlier and the next chapter is five minutes earlier and the next chapter is the first five minutes but from somebody else's point of view so you see see it's like okay i get kind of tired of that kind of storytelling yeah the jumping around just please tell me things linear yeah Um, but it still works great um it's still thrilling it's still (sighs) only once or twice is it scary for me um there's a big um like touch there's a big uh salute to um uh sh- the shining in this one. Oh no kidding because of the winterness and stuff like yeah. that so oh interesting uh so again black summer i highly recommend it okay black summer that's my my rubric brick oh that's your that's your rec room what was yours oh do i need one too yeah, you just come up with the top of your head. Okay, okay, I got one, I got one. Uh, Riders of Justice. <laughs> you just made that up. No, I, I know, it sounds <laughs> like I did. It has that title. No, I'll, I, I do have something. I was I was hoping to talk about it, but uh, yes, it is a Danish film. It's a Danish action film starring Mads Mikkelsen. Uh, and um, it's on... It's on... Where did I see it? I think we saw it. I think I rented it on Amazon. Oh, you have to pay for it. Yeah, I think so. Um, and yeah, it's uh, it's very cool. It's uh, his um, his wife is killed in a subway bombing in in probably Copenhagen, and um, it's an accident. It's like a, another tra- another subway comes a subway train comes to the side and and it just like wrecks part of this other subway car and very few people die and she's one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and he um it's an accident so he just he and his daughter who you know who survived he wasn't there she she was there and she survived and he was in afghanistan and he came back to kind of look after her and you know handle arrangements and such um and they're just kind of like depressed um but another guy who was on that train who had just gotten fired from his job as a teacher as a professor um he he comes to believe that it wasn't an accident that it was a hit to get this other guy this other sort of the the um a guy who was part of the riders of justice uh, like a motorcycle gang of which i had no idea that they had those in denmark but apparently they do um and so these this professor and his like coterie of like really nerdy you know spectrum kind of danes go and convince mads mickelson's character that it was real that it wasn't an accident mm-hmm. they were going after this guy and we should go after them and um or expose them or whatever and so mads mickelson decides like oh no i'm going to kill them all and um and so the movie is sort of about that process where they 
they kind of do these ops to kill these guys, how they go and what it does to them. Um, what happens when you have like very normal people who kind of get mixed up in that sort of thing. And it's, it's a, uh, it's pretty good. It's, it's, it's Danish. So it's, you know, it's got that, that sensibility. It's a little weird, little, little, um, not what you'd be used to, but, um, but I thought it was pretty strong and I, I, I would, I would recommend it to, 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 uh, anyone who wants to check out a non-American film, doesn't mind reading some subtitles. Didn't, uh, did you buy it or rent it? Uh, I think we just rented it. Okay. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's seven bucks on Amazon. Okay. Yeah, I think we just rented it. You, you couldn't cough up the other seven to buy it. Um, <laughs> yeah, I guess not. I mean, I, I, I had no expectations. I was like, you know what I'm going to watch right now? I'm going to watch Riders of Justice again. It's like, eh, no, I, don't think, uh, yeah. I don't think I will. So that's that's my rec for rec room. That's an excellent rec. It's cool. Yeah. I had one in my back pocket. I'm glad I did. Uh, all right, Peter, what do you think now? You think, uh, you think we're, we should close it down? Was it ever open? <laughs> no, no. This one's not airing, is it? No. We're not going to put this up, I hope. No, Brian, you're safe. <laughs> you're fine. Good, good. Um, all right, Peter, well then, uh, to you, uh, I shall say, until next time. And to you, I shall say, until next time he's a cat flesh in the toilet 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 he's a cat